attention. Yep, one star. Senior staff. Counselors. Counselors in training. Please rise for our national anthem. Are you ready for the Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Leftover Pizza Podcast. Starting this off with a big announcement today, you are all cordially invited to Camp Pizza. Oh, yes. Not only are you invited, you're here right now. We're here. We're doing it. We're living it. Uh, what What is Camp Pizza, by the way? Well, it's the summer camp of your dreams, or... My dreams. Well, our dreams. dreams. Someone's our dreams. Dream. Uh, our collective dreams. Maybe a little bit of nightmares in there, too. Depends on how you feel about the wilderness. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, we, we thought it would be fun to take a trip this summer. And instead of sitting at home like we usually do in our office with the AC blasting and cartoons that we've watched a million times playing in the background, we figured we needed a little fresh air. We've been cooped up a little bit too long. Wouldn't you agree, Grimy? Totally, totally agree. Uh, think of this as a full-on leftover pizza event, all involving and revolving around the camp experience. So, uh, cutting like straight that, to the yeah. straight to the nitty-gritty here. If you couldn't tell from the fabulous new intro that Derek designed here to kick off Camp Pizza tonight's show is all about summer camp. Indeed, and it's super interesting because I've never been to a summer camp in my life. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, have <laughs> you ever been once. to a summer camp? Never? Not once? Uh, Well, not an overnight traditional summer camp. I did a golf camp in the summer when I was in second grade once. I don't know if that counts. Um, you know what? I'm going to count it. You better count it. You better. You know why? Because every day for lunch, they gave us McDonald's. That's not, that's not an exaggeration. Oh, that's that was nice. kind of the only reason I wanted to go to the golf camp. I was like, McDonald's every day? <laughs> You got me sold, buddy. I can't help but notice how it's it's yet again another thing that involves some kind of sport. <laughs> you and your fucking sports. You're a, you're a fake sports sports fan. Listen, listen. All I will say is that I outdrove an instructor when I was in second grade, and then I forgot how to play golf entirely. So I am one of you. I played sports for a little bit. But, I belong. You know. <laughs> I'm just as terrible as you all are, okay? Oh, yeah, same. Um, I I never been to a camp either. Um, what I did go to was a summer day camp that I actually wrote about probably a couple of years ago on the leftover, no, not even leftover pizza. It was Dem Boys at that point. Um, yeah, it was this little uh, playground area in the town closest to me here and your parents would just leave you there for like the whole day pretty much and you'd play some sports. They would interchange subjects and stuff. There was one time we were doing like arts and crafts and um, I watched some older brother beat the shit out of his little brother for a watch. It was great. <laughs> yeah, didn't you talk about making some like stick sticklies or something out of your 
popsicle sticks. I, yeah, you remember? Wow, yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, I remember. I didn't expect attention. anybody to remember that one. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm there. I'm right there, man. <laughs> yeah. So no, genuinely, I'm noticing this trend in a lot of the like camp movies that there's a, a huge reason why I didn't go there. It's because I'm not a rich white kid. I'm a poor white kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because in trying to find my picks for this episode, I started watching a bunch of camp movies and TV, like you just said. And the first one that I gravitated towards, because it was the most uh, fresh in my mind, I guess, was Lindsay Lohan's Parent Trap Ooh, remake. that's a good one, yeah. Because my sister watched it all the time. And I very vividly remember the whole camp aspect. And it turns out that, A, it's not a good fit for this episode because of how little time they spend at the summer right. camp. Yeah. It's less than 20 minutes, and I misremembered that. I thought it was most of the movie, of the two-hour movie. It's I not. I honestly it's, thought so, too. I'm not remembering that at all for some reason. Crazy. Yeah. It's a very, very short amount of time that they spend over at the camp in relation to the rest of the movie. And, to your point, Rich white kids. The first thing that they do in that camp is they start fencing each fencing. other. And I'm sorry. <laughs> that is that is like the fencing? most rich white kid oh. thing you can do is start fencing at summer camp. Yeah. Please. Hey, uh, what do you feel like doing today, uh, Chris? I don't know. You want to put some suits on and stab each other? <laughs> <laughs> Just poke at each other oh, with sh- some toothpicks? <laughs> kind of sounds like a good time. Not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. I mean, when you say it like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Swap those out for some Nerf swords, and uh, we're having a good time, buddy. Absolutely. So, this isn't going to be like talking about sports and stuff like typical summer camps have. Um, You might see some TV episodes, maybe a movie, maybe, uh, you know what, there might even be a song. I don't know. You'll have to listen and find out. Could be. Could be. So, Grammy, I have one final question before you before we kick this off. Hit me with it. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the summer? start calling you donkey lips for the rest of this episode. <laughs> <Donkey> <laughs> <lips>. <laughs> How could we start a summer camp episode off without bringing up the beloved, the classic Nickelodeon show, Salute Your Shorts? Am I right, donkey lips? Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, well, I can't, I can't say I remember a whole lot about this show. I definitely watched it whenever it was on and it, I was around. Like, if it was on, I was zoned into it. Uh, if, if it wasn't for the the catchy opening theme. It makes you want to fart. It makes you, it it makes did, you want to fart. It absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird with me because thinking back, I actually had forgotten about this show for quite some time. 
and then rediscovered it on Paramount Plus, which mm. is kind of stupid because they didn't even upload the full series over there. They just cherry picked episodes, which is really dumb. But a couple summers ago, I said, oh, I think I know what this is. Watched a few episodes and I was like, wow, this show is excellent. Like this is exactly what you want in a show about a summer camp. I, it doesn't really get much better than this. Maybe Ernest goes to camp, but, you know, well, toss a coin. I, I think I still give the edge to uh, to salute your shorts here. But I was I was really binging through it a couple summers ago. And my mom came downstairs and she said, oh, I remember this show. I was like, how do you remember this show? She was like, well, we used to watch it when you were a kid. So apparently I had a whole salute your shorts phase and i don't even recall this phase so i didn't know if it was something similar with you if you you know ever like came stumbled upon it when you were an adult or if it's just been in your distant past so my older brother and my sister both enjoy this they're both older than me um this show's pretty fucking old i'm not gonna lie like i know it was there before probably before me i'm assuming or like right Mm -hmm. around when i was born uh do you happen to know the year Right around when you were born. I think uh, first it was year like was 1990. 19, okay, so I was born in 89. This came just after me. Um, but I remember them watching it. Um, by the time I was old enough to remember watching it, it was reruns, I'm sure. Definitely remember the opening sequence. That, that's just very hard to forget. For me, when it came to live-action Nickelodeon, if it wasn't like the games like the game shows and stuff. It was like Nick Arcade or Global mm-hmm. Guts or even Wild and Crazy Kids, as crazy as that is. Um, I wasn't really zoned into it that much. But this one, for some reason, caught me off guard, and I did watch it. I actually watched this more than I watched The uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete, and I'm like a total fanatic of that now. So, Yeah, yeah. You, uh, Pete and Pete is like... Your holy grail. I, I can't. Oh, I is. can't believe how much you watch Pete and Pete. It's kind of kind of crazy. Kind of wild. Yeah. It's 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 a sickness, man. Is it a sickness if you enjoy it? Mm. No. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, salute your shorts. I started to look up a little bit about it because obviously I've been watching it and it's great. But um, first off, I I can't believe I didn't pick up on this. They go to Camp Anawana. Right? That's Mm. their camp. Do you understand? Do you know what the name is based off of Camp Anawana? I'm I'm going to assume it's I Don't Wanna. Ah, goddammit, it is. I I couldn't, I never pieced two and two together. I would have never known, though, if you didn't kind of, like, fixate on it, if you weren't, like, purposefully saying this right now, basically. Like, I, I wouldn't have put two and two together. But, yeah, it makes total sense, Anawana. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And it's pretty good, too, because, like, it's right there. But like you said, if you're not paying attention to it, you do what I did. You just yeah. assume it's some sort of, like, a Native American word. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, I'm going along with it. That's all the summer camps have something, some play on this about a word that I don't know that I'm yeah. not clued in on. So you just accept it at face value. Hidden camp in plain Anawana. sight. Yep, hidden in plain sight. Uh, and apparently this was also based on a book from really? 1986 called Salute Your Shorts. Life at Summer Camp. So I actually tried to go find that book for this episode specifically. And the most recent listing that I could find was $750 on eBay. So needless to say, 
I am uh, not breaking my very, very proud streak of not having read a book since fifth grade. I'm so, sorry, Derek, you know. but you need this book. We can't <laughs> continue it, the know. podcast if you don't have this book. I know. I need more money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, Grimey, can you loan me like $750 so I can buy the book? I got you, bro. I got you. Let oh, me just. That's so nice of you. Let me just ask my mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Grimey. We we really could use this for um, historical archival purposes. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really remember any of the characters' names or anything like that, but I definitely remember, like, the asshole of the group. He's like that Roger Klotz-looking motherfucker. Oh, Bobby Budnick. Is that it? Bo- Budnick? Mm-hmm. Bobby yeah. Budnick, yeah. So, there was one episode son of a bitch. I specifically remember of him, and he has like a crush on one of the girls at the camp, and they're like floating around in a canoe. That's all that comes to mind, though. <laughs> well, okay, well, wait, hold on. There's this other episode that he's in, uh, and he has a pretty sizable part in this one. And actually, I don't even know how they managed to do it, but they, they got Arnold Schwarzenegger to be in the episode. And Arnold is like... <laughs> What? Yeah, no, it's wild. He's playing like this robotic killer, right? <laughs> and he's just chasing after these two kids. I don't know who the other one was, but Bobby Budnick is in it, and they're riding around on dirt bikes. And, no, and, that's and that's a whole other. Chasing mo- them. That's a whole other movie, man. No, no, dude, that salute your shorts. It's I'm <laughs> telling you straight up. <laughs> it's terminate your shorts. No, I've never. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay, one last thing I want to end on before we move on from uh, Camp Anawana. So, season one has a different protagonist than season two. So, season two, they bring in Ronnie. And this kid, Ronnie, is played by actor Blake Soper. All right? And this is blowing my mind as I was learning about this. So, so keep up. All right? Stick with me on this. Blake Soper on Salute Your Shorts, hmm. a show about camp child actor he grows up he ends up becoming a lead guitarist in a band called rilo kylie rilo kylie is fronted by a girl named jenny lewis jenny lewis was an actor in the camp film from 1989 troop beverly hills so what i'm trying to say (laughs) Is that there's a summer camp band out there called Rilo Kylie? Do with that information that you will. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's, like, it's not that important, but I it was kind of like crazy. The, the, the numbers and all the different uh, <laughs> mathematics yeah. signs just like floating around. I had the Rain Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the whole Rain Man moment. I just started clicking. That was the definition of a rabbit hole, by the way. I clicked salute That's your good. shorts. I clicked that kid. I clicked Rilo Kylie. I clicked on that girl. And I said, holy shit, there's something here. A summer camp band. <laughs> not really but you know <sighs> oh well I'm gonna go rewatch that episode with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it next Friday on Fox Kids what are you doing Billy his buddies are mysteriously disappearing I never saw any of this a friend is running for cover evil Billy and the camp counselors are covering something up we have no campers by those names now he wants answers camp's over catch the thrilling conclusion of Goosebumps Camp Nightmare next Friday on Fox Kids alright my first pick I have an awful lot to say about this one, and I'm sure you do too. I just got to ask you, is this the first time you watched the Goosebumps episode, Welcome to Camp Nightmare? Yes, Grimey, that would be correct. 
I have never seen this episode before. And oh boy, what a piece of work, let me say. I just, amazing. Just amazing, amazing. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to lie to you, though, right now and tell you that I read the book before because that's what all the cool kids did. They got pizza and stuff for it. I don't know how to read. But anyways. I believe that. I believe that. Good for you. Stick to your guns. Thanks, You don't need to know how to read. We have AI for that now. (laughs) Exactly. AI is (laughs) taking over. Just like they did in Salute Your Shorts. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's what Salute Your Shorts is all about. The AI taking over. (laughs) So, yeah, I watched the TV episode, Welcome to Camp Nightmare, for the first time, just like, no, probably a week ago. I'm stealing this from Wiki, probably. Uh, Billy and his fellow campers arrive at Camp Nightmoon, where they encounter a strange creature and oddly uncaring counselors. However, it would appear their nightmarish adventure is just beginning. Um, That's putting it easy. That's putting it way, way, way too easy. If anybody has watched this before, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I, I just, like, right out of the gate, what I want to say, I want to draw attention to this right now. Okay. Being a camp episode of Goosebumps, I did not get the biggest camp vibes off of this episode. No, not really. I actually got bigger camp vibes off of the Welcome to Horrorland episode. There's yeah, that yeah. scene in that episode where, there, for whatever reason, there's like a rapids ride. Basically, remember that the monsters just bring the family down to the dock and yeah. there's just this like yep. shitty canoe mm-hmm. with like holes in it that's just smashing up against the dock. And that, oddly, had bigger camp vibes than the actual camp episode of Goosebumps. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, what it did lack in camp vibes, it... It's chock full of everything else, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. There's a little shortcoming on the visuals via camp, but yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, please just take it away. Okay, yeah. Um, so this this episode starts out batshit crazy right off the bat. Um, there's a bunch of kids in this bus. The bus driver just stops, beats them all out of the, the bus, throws all their shit out, and then just takes off. That's that's strike one. <laughs> I thought that was pretty weird. That's, that was like my biggest fear as a kid. I say not seriously because everything was my biggest fear as a kid. Fair. Was a chicken shit. But, you know, that was a, a concern of mine was just being abandoned for no reason by an adult. You know, Dude, that's terrifying. Like that, that, this bus driver drives you to the middle of nowhere. It's an adult. <laughs> you're supposed to trust the guy. And then everybody's begging and pleading with him as he's throwing their bags on the street and he's not giving them an answer. They're like, why are you, why are you doing this? And he's just like, fuck you kids. Goddamn throwing your bags out. And then just like speeds away. What the hell's that about? So yeah, he throws all their shit out and bails. This is where we meet Billy, the main young camper character of the uh, the episode. It's the, this is the same kid, by the way, from Are You Afraid of the Dark's episode, Tale of the Dead Man's Float. Oh, yeah. The, okay, all right. I did not realize that, but yeah. good for him. He got on both of the uh, major major horror kids mm-hmm. shows back in the day. And he's he's not afraid of fl- uh, swimming anymore. Apparently, he swims all over the yeah. place in this episode. He does. He does. You think that guy shows up to cons? We should get him. We should get him on the con circuit. We should. Absolutely. So they're basically subject to holes level camp counselor kind of people. They're they're just dickheads the whole time. Uh, at one point, this kid drowns in a lake. Nothing gets said about him. Uh, 
other than that he wasn't there before and they don't even know who that kid is and uh, another kid gets bit by a snake. Yeah, so all right. Well, you're skipping a little a little ahead here. For, so let's just start and let's focus on the camp counselors. All right. So there's only one official old person camp counselor that you would believe is actually like in charge and responsible for kids. Like he's sure, an adult yeah. age and he looks like he should be a responsible adult. Oh yeah, he seems nice. What gets under my skin is that it's not Counselor Al or Al or it's Uncle Al. Uncle Al. Why are we calling her? <laughs> that is the creepiest thing in this episode by far. Yeah. Right? Just expects all these kids he's never met before. You call me Uncle Al. This is Brother right? Ben. And he's got he's got a mustache. You know, he's got, I don't know. Are you like just jealous? That or right what? there. Yeah, that's why I don't trust him. You know? You I mean, I've got a mustache, but I'm not telling anybody to call me an uncle. You know? Don't don't, don't call me uncle. I have just a mustache. That Al. looks bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a pretty weird fella. Uh, he's pretty weird. The little... I'm just going to call them counselors in training. I don't think they are. They're just like other, I don't know, random <laughs> camp... Yeah. people that that watch over kids they're all dickheads too like the one yeah a little underling yeah the one straight up looks like one of the goosebump skeletons i'm not gonna lie he's like his cheekbones are very very distinguished <laughs> it drives me larry. crazy is that yeah larry, larry. horrible with <laughs> names but yeah he's he's kind of a dick i don't like him most of all i think i hate him more than uncle al well, yeah, and you should hate him, little Larry Underling, because you mentioned that a kid I, – I wrote some notes on this, all right? Okay. You mentioned that a kid gets bit by a snake, and yes. Larry is the person that they tell. You know, they're like, hey, this kid just got bit by a snake. This is no good, you yeah. know? And they get in trouble by Larry because the kids miraculously and heroically wrapped the snake up in a bed sheet. And toss the bedsheet out the window. Oh, yeah. And they get in trouble for tossing a bedsheet out the window. Regardless of the fact that this kid just got bit by a snake. This is my favorite scene. One of my favorite scenes, I should say. They they tell Larry that this kid gets bit by a snake and that he should see a nurse. They want him to see a nurse. And Larry goes, we don't have a nurse. Well, God, <laughs> and so no one nurse of the kids here. just goes, what do you mean you don't have a nurse? And Larry goes... You think Uncle Al runs a camp for wimps? Yeah, <laughs> like, man up. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah, maybe if you get you fall down and get a scrape, you know, you don't need to see a nurse for that. Mm. He has venom in his arm. At one point, they mention how the kid can't feel like the left side of his body or the whole side <laughs> of his body. He's like, like I can't, that. I can't feel my arm. My my whole body is numb. And they're like, no, no, this right here. This is going to be okay. We're just going to wipe this off and put a literally put a Band-Aid on it is what Larry <laughs> yeah. does. And then what Uncle Al, he finds out about it later when a kid's like hunched over by a tree at the, the end of the night. It's like all dark. And he's like, why didn't you tell me about this before? And you're thinking, oh, Uncle Al, is, he's going to you know be the man to step in and fucking put Larry in his place. No. He's like, this right here, he looks at it. He's like, yeah, it's a little bit puffy, but this right here, this is going to be all right. That snake venom, it's just going to be all right. And like, <laughs> yeah. you just don't see him anymore. He's just fucking gone. So you have no idea and what happened to this kid. We, the audience, assume that the kid just dies. Yeah. And the blood is on Uncle Al and Larry's hands. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's so good. It I love so it. Good. I love it. It's so good. And then uh, what? One of the other kids, he drowns in the lake. I think Larry, Larry just disappears. He's like, I, I can't be seen around he this right now. He runs away. He's, He's like, like, oh, no. He's gone. Oh, man. Um, yes. My 
my second favorite moment in this is that right up at the top of the episode, we're being told about the camp and everything. And all of a sudden they come upon the forbidden bunk. The forbidden bunk. We're not allowed to go in the forbidden bunk. And I I wrote this down as well because this, (laughs) this part of the episode made me laugh out loud. So they come up on the forbidden bunk and he's like, yeah, Uncle Al says, don't go in there. You don't need any business. You don't have any business going in there. It's called the Forbidden Bunk. And our main character, he goes, why is it called that? And Uncle Al looks right at him. He goes, because it's forbidden. It's forbidden. So keep out. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Uncle Al, he's got some real crazy shit going on with him. I don't know if you remember, but in the very beginning when they get kicked off the bus, they see the the monster, the 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 saber is what he's called. This this grotesque mm-hmm. looking wolf man monster looking thing that lurks in the the forest. He fucking has this bullet that just like it's like a, a projectile fucking grenade, and it just shoots this flame up like thirty feet in the sky. Yeah, and he's it's just like, like a, yeah, atomic blast. Yeah. He's like, this is for scaring away saber. <laughs> like who? What? Okay, that's my favorite part because we just. Okay, we just sort of jumped into what the saber is, right? Yeah. So so that's the whole thing is that there's some some beast lurking in the woods, like a whole a whole group of beasts called the saber, which like you said is sort of like a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And it's like they don't even give us a chance to like let the legend get set up. They're not no, talking not about all. it around a campfire and being like so legend goes that the saber lurk in the wood. Nothing like that. It's like nope. these kids get abandoned off the bus. They have no idea what's happening. All of a sudden, pow, bang, explosion. And then he's just like, I just saved you. You're welcome. I'm That's Uncle it. Al. And it's like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's wild right off the bat. To get to the, the real kicker here, Billy comes up. He sees this group, the whole group of campers. Uncle Al, he's there. And like the campers, all the staff, they're there. They're all decked out in camo and they have crossbows, fucking crossbows. And he's like, what's going on? Uncle Al says that this one of the girls from the other campsite got got loose and they don't want her to get away. And he says, well, what do you mean get away? What happened? She says, nothing happened. You just, we have to find her. We can't let her get away. And he gives him a crossbow and he says, you see her, you shoot her. He's like, we can't just kill people. And he's like, I, I just, did I say anything about killing people? These are tranquilizers, kid. Basically, he shoots Uncle Al right in the chest and Uncle Al just simply backs up, yep. smiles, and he says, he passed. <laughs> and what like it's all so the bizarre. the dead campers all come back uh billy's family his mom and dad are there who weren't supposed to be there they all come they're up. scientists by the way they are he, he mentions at the top that his parents are scientists that's yeah. very important to the end part here of this yeah. episode and he's like what what the fuck's going on here you guys are all alive like what is this he's what do you mean i pass he's like well well son we're we're going on this expedition and we wanted you to come with but the only way you could come is if you went to this this facility here, it's a giant uh, governmental testing site, and you had to pass a test, and you passed, so now you can go. And Billy looks looks at his parents and is like, well, what's the expedition? What are we doing? And he says, well, we're, we're traveling up there, and it's planet Earth. It's well, fucking planet Earth. The camera pans up, and it's, yeah, they're going on an expedition to Earth. They're aliens. They're, they're yeah, just they're all aliens. So weird. Uh, it's just like, it's just so dumb. You it's know, pretty dumb, it's just, but like in so all the stupid. best ways possible too, though. <sighs> like, but I loved it. 
I loved it. It's like M. Night Shyamalan for kids, you know? Like, you know when you watch M. Night Shyamalan, most of the time you're like, man, that was a dumb twist. I kind of loved it, though. You know? Like, that's how this feels. Like, they just crammed that down into 40 minutes worth of a TV show. (sighs) It's it's a piece of art, is what it is. It's, It's really, really good. And, I mean, I know that there's a lot more details in there that we missed, so... If you haven't seen it before, please, please, please check it out. Well, I think it was on Netflix, I believe I watched it on. Super easy YouTube, to find. Free on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube? Yeah, there you go. Free Just go YouTube, to YouTube yeah. and you'll find it on YouTube. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. It's on two parts, right? Yeah, it's part yeah, one, part two. Two parts. Yeah, uh, and just to end on this uh, little little Netflix point, fuck Netflix. Fuck you, Netflix. I'm going to watch everything on YouTube now. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, cancel your Netflix until Stranger Things... Volume 5 appears on there. Then you can watch Netflix again until that's over and then cancel it again. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got told Hey, Grimey. Hey, Derek. How's your mother? I'm not sure. How's your father? I'm not sure. We're at camp. <laughs> we should we, we can't should we write contact them? them? Tell them how, how much of a shitty time we're having, you think? Yeah, this is the worst fucking time I've ever had. This whole camp thing. Terrible idea, by the way. This is why we never went camping when we were kids. And we're stuck here for the whole summer, by the way. So we <laughs> fucked up. We, we fucked up. <laughs> All right. So what do you, what exactly are we talking about here, Derek? Well, you heard a little, uh, little snippet on the intro here, but we're talking about Alan Sherman. Do you know who Alan Sherman is? I actually Nobody don't, knows who Alan don't really Sherman know anything is. about no, him. Yeah. But everybody knows Alan Sherman's great contribution to uh, history, which is the song that we just listened to. Hello, Mutta. Hello, Fada. Parentheses. A letter from camp. You know. Better known as Camp Granada. All right. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea this song was even about a camp or anything like that. Like, I never, I don't think I actually heard the lyrics to this song with this melody. I always heard the melody. And we'll get into that a little bit here, but like it's always just the melody with something else to it and not the official lyrics. So I don't know. I I get what you're saying. So, all right, this song, it came out in 1963. It's just, it's a melody that's from this ballet called Dance of the Hours, which is from an opera. I'm not even going to say it. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Something in Italian. So all all you have to know is that there's just a piece of music from an opera that this guy, Alan Sherman, wrote novelty lyrics to. And it became like one of the top billboard charting songs of like the 1960s, which is just blowing my mind. But uh, you've definitely you've you've heard it before. Everybody's, I think, heard this song in one form or another. Is this the, uh, the, the, the opera it came from here that you have written down here? From the opera? La La I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. La Guangi. That's it. That's the one. Okay. Perfect. 
So, yeah, I mean, just a classic song and kind of what my mind goes to whenever I think about summer camp, just right away, straight away, because it's just about, uh, it's actually based off of Alan Sherman, his kid. He sent his kid to a summer camp in the 60s, I believe, and the kid wrote home all the time just bitching about how terrible (laughs) camp was. So the dad just thought it was the funniest thing ever and turned it into a song, and here we are. We're uh, here 50, almost 60 years later talking about that very song because a kid bitched so if there's a lesson to be learned here on this episode if you bitch some two random dudes on the internet might be talking about you uh you know 50 (laughs) 60 years from now (laughs) you know that's the thing about summer camp though like i don't know if you're not an outdoorsy person you're not into sports you're not into kayaking and and the great outdoors like you're not going to have a good time i've gathered but like I feel like I'm uh, minus the sportsy stuff. I'm I'm not a, a insane sports fan or anything. Like uh, I mean, I'll kick a soccer ball around. I guess if I fucking have to. But like, I'm not into that. But I'm into all the other stuff. So I don't I don't know if I'd fit the 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 kids' uh, perspective. I guess like I, I don't think I would I would fit in that that category there of writing mm. home to my folks all the time. But I I suppose. I understand it. I understand where he's coming from. Like you're, you're probably sweating your nuts off and you're not really enjoying yourself. You have to shower in these like little chintzy showers that probably haven't been cleaned since like the dinosaurs. And <laughs> and it's probably super cold water when you do get to take a shower. Oh yeah. If no hot water. Oh Jesus to, fuck. Yeah. Clean off in the lake maybe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, in, in this whole song, the kid just goes on and on and on about all the terrible things that have happened since he's been there and he's only been there. For a day, spoiler alert, he's been there. And since he's yeah. been there for a single day, uh, a kid got poison ivy. Somebody got poisoning after dinner, so food poisoning. The lake has alligators, and uh, his bunkmate, he has malaria, and somebody almost gets eaten by a bear, and he misses home so bad that he would even let his aunt like kiss him all over. So that's how bad things are going for this kid. Where the the fuck are they camping at? The Oregon Trail? Well, you know, what's that campsite where all those guys were freezing and then they had to eat each other? You know, that one. (laughs) The Donner Party? (laughs) Yeah, the Donner Party. (laughs) Maybe that's where this kid is. I don't know. (laughs) Donner Party, table of 12. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. Uh, So... Uh, it does end on a bright note. Like I said, he's only been there for a day. And then uh, last four lines. Wait a minute. It stopped hailing. Guys are swimming. Guys are sailing. Playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Motifada, <laughs> kindly disregard this letter. So he was really just cooped up in his in his bunk and he was pissed off that he had to be inside and not actually getting to play with other people. So it has a nice little happy ending there. But it does highlight a bigger issue of summer camp and probably why I never would have survived when I was a kid. You're telling me that I need to spend weeks, weeks outdoors <laughs> weeks, and interacting with kids, no games and no movies and, 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 you know, cafeteria food. Are you nuts? And that's, you know, that sums it all up. That's, that's, I'm a glamper. I think is really what, what I am, you know, <laughs> give me I an RV, give me a cable hookup. You know, give me a give me a Game Boy. Give me something that's not outdoors related just for like 20 minutes. 
and then I'll enjoy the rest of my time outside after that. Hello, Blue Jay. How are you? Blue Jay. Hello, Sparrow. What's new? Howdy, Robin. Nice day, isn't it? The McDonald's Happy Meal, uh-huh. guys. What are you doing? Practicing, Practicing our bird calls. Bird calls. <laughs> 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 yep, I hear you only as good as your gear. Huh? But Cat McDonald's Happy Meal, you get gear like this nut kit or canteen. Stuff you can depend on in the wilderness. <laughs> One toy with every McDonald's Happy Meal you buy. So you don't like cafeteria food, Derek? Um, well, I can't say that I'm a fan of cafeteria food, but um Yeah, actually no. That's that's my answer. No, not a fan. Don't like him. Okay, okay. Well don't like it. How would you like a McDonald Land, a Camp McDonald Land Happy Meal? <laughs> well, now you're talking. Do I have to golf in between or? No, no. No golf required. No golf required. No. Okay. Now you're speaking my language, all right? The only stipulation here is that it's from 1990. So. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah. Fuck you too then, huh? Right? <laughs> I'm sure it's still edible. I mean, McDonald's food doesn't go bad. That is true. The amount of guys who have trench coats that they dig into, you know, 30 years later, and there's a hamburger in the pocket. Yeah. Kind of astounding, you know, that we, we see that happen all the time. All the time. Why, why are there so the many time. guys shoving burgers in their trench coot? <laughs> trench trench coot. Wow. Trench coot in 1990. <laughs> but anyways, yes, Camp McDonald Land Happy Meal from 1990. This thing was four different toys. There was, what, the Birdie Camper Kit, Grimace Canteen, Fry Kids Utensils, Ronald Collapsible Cup. These might seem like the most boring McDonald's toys ever, but let me tell you, I think I would have ate this shit up. Hopefully not. I mean, it is made from plastic that is definitely not BPA-free, grimy. Well, speak for yourself. I'm going to eat this toy. The BPAs are what gives it flavor, my guy. They're like, don't bodybuilders eat BPAs? Oh, it's BCAA. Sorry. My bad. (laughs) Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, no, these are pretty sweet though. And I think I actually had something from that, uh, McDonald camp, McDonald land, camp McDonald land, camp McDonald land. Yeah. That they gave out the grimace floats. Oh yeah. 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 Recently. Oh, this is not that. No, this is a completely separate thing. Oh yeah. Yep. Completely separate. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's clarification that we needed. Our listeners probably needed that too. This is unrelated to that uh, recent fiasco. When they, when they brought that up, I almost thought it was like an extension to that original thing, but it's it's completely different different thing. I don't know. Maybe if someone in the back of their minds had it, that they, this would be an extension to that, but totally wasn't. They don't care for really really cool collapsible cups. I guess I tell you, I love a collapsible cup, and in fact. That's one of the big reasons I picked this is because of that fucking cup. My older brother, when we were kids, he had two things that I really, really wanted when I was a kid. He had one, a Swiss Army knife, and two, a little red collapsible camping cup. You know, it it is so stupid, the things that you fall in love with when you're a kid, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why why it is. It's just, like useful things. I think maybe because it makes you feel like you're grown up, like you're mature. You know in the back of your mind that you can't survive if you run away from home, despite the fact yeah. that you have a collapsible cup. But there is a part of you that thinks that you can. Yeah. Like if you took your brother's Swiss Army knife and you had this McDonaldland collapsible camping cup, 
you might survive for three weeks in the woods despite having no prior hunting or camping experience. This is true, but the survival aspect of it, I feel like I, I saw through it because the, the cup never held any water. <laughs> I mean, you put water in it and it would just fucking dump everywhere pretty much, right through the little little uh, connecty oh, pieces. <laughs> just leak through. Really? Oh, so it was bad yeah. cups. You're saying Ronald sold you a bad cup in 1990? Sold me a bad cup. Sold me a lemon. He's a son of a bitch. He now, is. I do want to take this opportunity here, since we're talking about McDonald's and we're talking about camping, to tie into the hit 1999 feature, uh, the McDonald Land uh, animated feature. Okay, because I always bring this up. That's what they're doing in the in the <laughs> <laughs> scared silly McDonald's scared silly cartoon. Okay, they're, they're going camping. camping this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah, so this, is, this is a common theme. And what I will say is that um, even though these toys looked really cool, they must have been shit because they didn't do a (laughs) cross-promotion in that cartoon at all. Even Ronald himself wouldn't use this collapsible cup. What a missed opportunity, though. Like, Could you imagine Ronald brings out his own cup and Grimace brings out his own canteen and Birdie brings out her, what the fuck was it, The, the camper kit? I don't even know what a camper kit is. I'm assuming you just put little snackies in there. Full of birdseed. Birdseed? Okay. Full of birdseed, you know. But these things are pretty cool, though. Like, if you've seen them before, um, they have, like, oh, they're kind of, I don't want to say embossed, but they have, like, these uh, just little depictions of each of the characters on each one. So, like, the Ronald McDonald one, he's, like, (laughs) bird-looking. Is that what you call it? (laughs) Bird-searching? I don't fucking know what it's called. Bird-watching? He's a bird-watcher? I, I feel like it's yeah. more of like bird looking. He's looking for birds. <laughs> he's not watching them. He just spots them and he moves on. Bird he just, spotting. He's looking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then the um, the what is it? The the birdie camp kit. I think that one might be my favorite. Birdie's just chilling by a fire, roasting some marshmallows, and you can see her campsite in the back behind her there. And it's it's pretty nice. I like the artwork on it. Uh, Grimace's is pretty cool too. He looks pretty stoked. Uh, did you actually see the, the artwork for Grimace? He's kind of just trampling through, and he's got some little uh, woodland buddies. There's like a squirrel or maybe maybe a chipmunk beside him there and some, some butterflies, and he's just kind of hanging out with them. That tracks, because, I mean, you know, once again, in Scared Silly, he's a friend of the animals, okay? Nature flocks to Grimace. Oh, it's canon. It's canon. It is canon. It is right. canon. Now, yeah. would you say he's going on a hike before or after dinner? Uh, neither. He's, neither. He's picking the Derek method. He's just sitting his ass down and just, just you know, just farting. Just farting. Oh, okay, <laughs> just, okay. Just farting his butt off. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, I saved the the worst, the weakest for last. It's uh, definitely these fucking utensils. The uh, the fry guy utensils i don't really give a shit about these at all you break it down it's just a plastic spoon fork and knife that kind of connects together i mean i don't really care for this at all so i don't even want to talk about it yeah yeah you actually missed one toy though because you only mentioned four here there's only four no there's a fifth toy there's a fifth toy yeah yeah a fifth one (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, it would be the Hamburglar's gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Ronald, Ronald, bang, you bang, know. Ronald. 
Sang. Rattle, rattle. Let's get up and get going. The Snyder's Stone Park. The trees and the mountains are a good place to start. That river is sure to put a song in your heart. You can bring a friend just around the bend to Snyder's Stone Park. You can pick a tent. It's Excellent on the side of the mountain. There's a moose and a bear, and the cyber buds are there too. Can you count them? Oh, the campground is ready for. All right, Kramer, so you just listened to that song. Do you have any idea what this is? What, not, what I just played for you? Not a fucking clue. Yeah, I have to not even a this guess. One for me. Not even a single guess. Nope. No, no idea. No clue. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody else is going to have a clue. This one's for me. All right. That's this one's for your boy. Me. (laughs) So that was a selection from the PC. I I don't even know that I would call it a game, but it's a game for your PC from 1996 called Gus Goes to Cyberstone Park. Yeah, it's a point and clicker. Point and clicker. It's a point and clicker. It's a point and clicker. And I mean that in the very most loose of connections to point and click games oh, yeah. because there's uh, there is almost next to no gameplay here um so let me just start this off because this is going to be my one and only love letter uh to gus and the gus software <laughs> from the early 1990s um but hey man this is a personal podcast and i'm getting personal okay so gus is an animated dog the end that's, that's the it. end of the segment. That's, that's all <laughs> that's of it. That's it. That's it. Thank you for listening. He's a brown, he's a little brown dog. He's kind of uh Yogi Bear-esque. Yeah, his... he's kind of got Yogi Bear slash Scruff McGruff vibes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, McGruff the the crime dog. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's just got very um mascot quality. Like, oh, yeah. think like yep. Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. You'd totally or... expect to see this guy on like a cereal box or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just did not branch out. <laughs> he it's... never got anything. I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of baffled by that because I feel like he would have done so well if you branded him as a mascot. Like, he just it didn't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, almost, he almost even had like Barney qualities about That's him. true. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So, but this guy, he never got any cartoons. He never got any, you know, products. He, he never had a movie. He never got an album. All this guy, Gus the dog, all he had was this early Microsoft software from the early to mid nineties. And then he just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth. And I don't even think that many people knew about him as it was happening. My parents, my dad specifically, was actually pretty in tune with computers and software back in the day. So I, I have no doubt that he's the person who actually found this for me. The first time I played it, I was probably two years old. Because I, we're getting a little personal now. I've got some problems with my feet. So I walked a They're lot shaped later. shaped like T-Rex feet. We knew this already. T-Rex feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking into replacing my feet with Hamburglar's guns in the near future. <laughs> Guns for feet. I love it. It's, uh, we live in America. Why not? Fuck it. Uh, (laughs) So because I couldn't walk for a while, I really did turn to TV and games and, and stationary activities in my early life until I was able to actually get up and walk around. So Gus was a big part of my childhood and my early childhood specifically, um, because it was kind of all I could do. 
So I really did end up losing myself in this Gus world because there was multiple games. There was a Cybertown game. This one that we're talking about, the Cyberstone Park game. And the reason I picked this one, obviously, is because it's set out in nature and at a campground. So you can visit his campground. You can visit the mountains, the lake, the the woods. You, you can go everywhere in it. But um, it's interesting because I haven't actually seen or have been able to use this software in close to 30 years. Like it, it's, oh, yeah. it's been that long. And so when we we're going through the idea of a camp show, I remembered about this game and I actually found out that there's some blessed little website out there. And I'm going to give them a shout out. It's called classicreload.com. And I don't know how the fuck they do it, but they actually on the website of things emulate old Microsoft operating systems. It's wild. And then take old programs like this and like you can actually just play the game in a browser Mm kind of blew my mind so i found out about this clicked around found this game on that website and was actually able to play it for the first time since i was like two or three years old and it blew my mind it blew my mind of how bad this thing is it is so bad <laughs> I really, really like it. I'm not gonna lie, but I will say, while I'm watching all of the uh, the little animations and all the little animals and stuff do their thing, I'm not sure if I'm just conditioned this way now from being a '90s kid and living through this era. But I totally was waiting for one of them to be put in a blender. I was like, this looks like Joe <laughs> Cartoon. This, I'm like, there's got to be something fucked about to happen. I'm like, this this looks. Exactly like Joe cartoon cartoons. I was like this. I see it. It looks oddly familiar. What am I missing here? I feel like it was him like behind this, but it was like, listen, do the stuff you do already, but not fucked up. Like it has the same visual style as something like uh, an elf bowling or, you know, totally any anything from back then you're right where it was sort of like flash animation where yeah you are expecting one of these characters to like blow up or like get beheaded or something like yeah that, or like fucking happens. gus turns into like this murderer or something or like starts eating all of like the helpless animals or something oh you know that actually would be pretty interesting like rebooting this for the modern age same sort of graphics and everything but maybe taking a cue from something like Five Nights at Freddy's where, yeah, Gus <laughs> is just like this demented being and it's some sort of liminal horror where you just have to wait to find out that he actually is this fucked up <laughs> He's like, killer or something. Where are you, kids? I smell you. Come out. You can't hide. <laughs> and then the nice upbeat song starts playing again. <laughs> yeah. My name is Gus. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the songs, like... There's not much particularly good about this. Like the guy who voices Gus just sounds like a random middle-aged man. Like maybe even yeah. past middle-aged a little bit. Like he's not a particularly great voice actor. Yeah. I mentioned Barney earlier and it's sort of. He's very Barney-esque. Barney yeah. But mm-hmm. like cheaper. Yep. Um, they were like, listen, uh, pretend you're Barney. We'll buy you Subway for like a week. <laughs> that's probably how this like, went too. He was like, well, okay, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like footlongs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, like, like I said, everything is like not great, but that's all part of the charm. But like, the one thing that is really, really good about this, 
are the songs. They they're like fully produced camp style songs and you get kids singing along with Gus. So it really does have that early nineties, like kid show quality to it. Yeah. And they're not bad. Like the songs themselves, they're dare. I say they're even a little catchy. They're bops. They got some bops. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Gus bops. The, the, the two things I really want to focus on. I don't think that you got this far and that's okay. If you keep clicking around uh, throughout the campsite and throughout the forest and everything, you'll come across actual, super low res highly compressed videos from two park rangers really and they're real people and these people ranger rick is one of them and i don't remember the woman's name i apologize i i was just so captivated (laughs) that i forgot to write it down they're giving you like the worst camping tips i've just i've ever heard anybody give and because they're so compressed you really can't understand anything that's going on so it's basically like like opening your brand new gateway computer back in like the very early 90s and having nothing on it except for Encarta and just like going through Encarta and watching videos (laughs) yes low res videos it's Encarta level absolutely great i love it and then the last thing i just wanted to bring up are the characters i have no idea what any of the characters' names are, aside from Gus. Because I don't even know that they name them. But there's, like, a little water droplet character. There's this, like, robot futuristic dude who's, like, kind of cool. And it didn't dawn on me until today when I was clicking around again. All of these characters inside Gus are, like, super, super reminiscent of somebody that you'd see on the Burger King Kids Club. Like, they could be a part of those those guys. Either way, I'm just saying you could take these extra side characters from Gus and you could draw them into that famous picture hmm. where they're all, like, all those kids are drawn in one group. You could just draw them in the background and you wouldn't know that they didn't belong there. Or just blend right in. Blend right in. Hmm. Bunch of chameleons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyways, uh, if you want to waste 20 minutes of your day, you can always go and look up the Gus games and play them in your browser. Might be fun to do at work. Might not. I don't know. I'll be the victim all your life. I'm going to be an actress. Bravo! Now, Amanda, jump in. Swim out a few yards and start drowning. I can't swim. So yeah, I know everybody's new obsession right now is Netflix's Wednesday series, and it's all the rage, and we love Jenna Ortega, but I'm going to take you back to 1993 to a little movie called Adam's Family Values. Boy, I'm glad I got through that in one try. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. Never heard of it. Yeah, you hoid They it. made movies of the Adams Family back in the 90s? They did, man. They made two. Two very, very good movies, in my opinion. I think the first one's a little bit better, but the second one's pretty good, too. You've never talked about these before. You've never, never brought these up. I've never brought nope. them up before. Nope, not once. I've ne- I, I don't know anything. You know what? You know what? I'm being facetious, and I don't mean to sound like an <laughs> asshole. That's not my intention here. But I also have still never seen the Adams Family Values but I feel like I know it. 
Just enough. Because of me? <laughs> because of you. Because just talking. You're, you've watched so it really, vicariously through me. I have. I feel, and you know, I feel good about that. I think I'm not going to break this streak either. I don't think I'm, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to learn even more about it today. And I've, I'm a feel good about that. I'm not even trying to say that to be mean. I, I feel good about this because you do a good job explaining it. Oh, thanks. I feel like I'm there with you. Yeah. It's like when uh, Black Hawk asked if uh, Cap would tell him who his woman is. He's like, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, so you're going to watch it? Okay. No. All right. Well, no, I'll, I'll sell you on it. and Maybe maybe sell you'll me. change your mind, okay? No, I, I won't, but I will won't. <laughs> Okay. And I will learn. Listen, I will learn more about this film. Never watch it. (laughs) All right. So in the film, we see a new addition to the Adams family. His name is Baby Pubert. He has a mustache, (laughs) by the way. This baby is born with a mustache. Oh. Yeah. See, now you have to watch it. No, no, I don't. But I can picture it and it's amazing. It's it's very amazing. So there's a third child of Gomez and Morticia, whom Wednesday and Pugsley, basically they try to eliminate this kid through various comical and yet homicidal ways. Yeah, I actually have seen that one scene. Okay. Yeah, um, Pugsley pulls out his uh, Hamburglar gun and tries blasting Jesus a Christ, the, the Hamburglar. I mean... <laughs> it's 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 not too far off. You're not too far <laughs> off there. Uh, he actually puts him in a guillotine. They put him in a guillotine, the baby. And he stops That's it with his, his his index finger and his thumb. So the baby's oh already, you know, he's using his index finger and thumb. He's already, like, on the way, you know. So, yeah, the, the kids, they want to get rid of the baby. Gomez, Marticia, they notice this tension between the kids and, you know, the, the natural reaction for them is to hire a nanny. This nanny turns out to be a serial killer. She is known as the Black Widow, so she marries these rich men and kills them on the night of their wedding and inherits their fortune, lives off of it for a while until she's broke and does it again continuously. Her latest victim happens to be Fester Adams. So he's the uh, the oldest brother. He's the heir to the throne, basically, okay? He, so he has all the money, um, doesn't really care about it. He's not like, you know, the money type. He's just the dude that wants to, he's just there to get funky. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. The, the nanny wants to get rid of the kids as they grow suspicious. And the way that she does that, she talks to Gomez and Morticia and tells them that the kids, they're, they're super embarrassed. They don't want to tell the parents exactly what they want, but they want to go to this summer camp called Camp Chippewa. They kind of believe it, buy into it, and they randomly take them there, kind of check it out, and they're just kind of dropping them off. And it's really comical the whole time. I mean, it's the Adams family, you know, like they're, they're watching all these kids. Like Gomez at one point, he's like, the smell of fresh pine as he's like puffing on a stogie and he's just like looking at the place in just like horrible disgust. And then as he's talking about it, he's like lighting Pugsley up a cigar. It's hilarious. So... Kids are there. They get stuck there at summer camp. I will say, out of all the camp movies I've watched, this one is by far the douchiest camp out of all of them, for sure. I mean, just stuck up little bitches everywhere. I I hate all of these kids. I really do. I hate every one of them, especially the main camper. I can't remember her name, but she's a little bitch, I'm telling you. <laughs> wow. And that is the one interesting thing about the uh, the Adams family is that I don't ever think of them as being rich, but I know that they are. That's right. their whole thing. They just yeah, they, their... they have money 
Yeah. So the fact that they would end up at, uh, you know, as you put it earlier in the show, a rich summer camp for white kids is just, it's kind of funny. Yeah. That, it's pretty funny, actually. It's pretty funny, man. <laughs> no, they, they like really harp on this being like the rich white kid camp. Like in the beginning, the two camp counselors are like talking about it. And like, this is the camp for for privileged young adults. And they're talking about all the things they're going to do. And that's just what it means to be privileged. And they're like jumping up in the air and hooraying. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I hate all of these people. So some of my favorite parts, the main mile high club girl, camper lady. I don't know what you want to call her. The girl there that's the obvious opposite of Wednesday, basically. They're out at this dock by the lake and camp counselor is like, all right, you're going to jump in there and you're going to pretend to drown and Wednesday's going to jump in and save you. Girl jumps in. She's like, oh no, I'm dying. I'm dying. Please help me. And she goes down and Wednesday just stands there for a good like minute or two and is like, I can't swim. And you just see like bubbles going up. (laughs) (laughs) Really good. So there's that. Uh, another, Another one of my favorite parts, the happy hut. The happy hut is a place where kids who aren't quite Camp Chippewa go when they're not being quite Camp Chippewa, apparently. So they're <laughs> Wednesday Pugsley and this other random kid. It's actually Wednesday's love interest in the movie. And it's like an all pink room, hut, whatever you want to call it. And it has like, I think there's like a Michael Jackson picture and there's a picture of Prince or something in there. And it's like all really, really happy. And they're watching like, I think Bambi was mentioned. Uh, they have the the sound of music played on repeat. It's just, oh my God. yeah, very frightening. So it's like Barbie solitary confinement, like where yeah. Barbie locks herself to be Barbie. Yeah, more or less. That's that's it wow. in a nutshell. Then uh, one more scene here. Oh yeah, of course the play, the epic play that Derek completely knows what I'm talking about because. Oh yeah, we yeah. mentioned this Last play Thanksgiving. in Thanksgiving. <laughs> Absolutely. We went over Man. that. In oh, I couldn't wait to talk about this detail. again. Yeah. So you guys already heard that, but I'm going to say it all over again. So basically, uh, the end of this play, it's the, the play between Native Americans and pilgrims. Wednesday is Pocahontas, and she stops and kind of abruptly just change the, changes the direction of the play and says, wait, you know, we can't break bread with you. You have trampled our villages and, you know, murdered our people. And now we're going to scalp all of you, blah, blah, blah. And basically, they just kind of wreak havoc on the entire place. And anyone who's watched this knows exactly how this scene goes. It's just a classic scene. Very camp vibes, if I might say. (laughs) It is camp vibes. I have seen that one scene. And I will say, yes, it is very camp vibes. It's odd to mix the Thanksgiving aspect into a summer camp. But, you know, I'll let it slide because it's a it's a great scene overall, you know. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way, but it it is pretty odd. But I don't know. Out of all the camps, this is one I would never want to go to. So um, I'm happy to say that Camp Pizza is nothing like that. You don't have to save drowning victims or play sports or anything or hang out with super privileged kids. You can just sit in computer chairs and talk in microphones if you want. <laughs> Yeah, the only catch is that the room is painted pink and there are just pictures of Prince everywhere. He's not even lying. That's it's, it's not a lie. <laughs> not a joke. It's kind of where I'm recording right now. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Friday the 13th. You may only see it once, but that will be enough. Friday the 13th. Rated R. All right, this is going to be my last pick of the evening here, Grammy. My last summer camp pick. It seemed really obvious. I was trying to overthink it and over-engineer it. All of these possibilities of what we could talk about. Ernest Goes to Camp or others. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know, you know. Oh, there's so many other ones. You're right, you're right, though. Summer Ernest Goes to Camp, there's... Things. Oh man, heavyweights, so, heavyweights, sleepaway camp. Yeah, uh, that other one, the burning. You know, so many. Yeah, so so many options. No, really, I I, I was like, all right, I, I'm thinking too hard about this. What do I really want to talk about? What should we talk about? What do you all expect us to talk about when we're bringing up summer camps? And then it just sort of hit me. I went, doy, duh. Friday the thirteenth. Hello. Doi. You don't get a lot of doi these days. A doi. I've been saying that a lot recently. I like it. It's like insulting in a way that hello or yeah. dumbass isn't, yeah. you know. Bring it bring we're back so the immune. old doi. I like it. Yeah, we're so immune to dumbass and idiot, you know. A doi. Yeah. Catch him catch him off guard, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Did he just say doi? Anyways. Yeah. Oh uh, Friday the thirteenth. Not even any particular Friday the 13th, mind you. Just the whole series. Just all of it. Like, just talk about what you want now, Grimy. Go ahead. Take it. Run with it. (laughs) I don't know, man. It looks like you're talking about a pretty specific one here in your list. No. No. I I just wrote down a couple things so I wouldn't forget. Because I am a forgetful guy. You know, I'm a a bit of a doy myself. I know my favorite. What's your favorite? All right. Well, this is kind of tough for me. What's my favorite? You know, because I I think I, I want to say, like objectively, kind of got into a little argument on Twitter about this the other day. Not even an argument, a gentleman's discussion. Gentleman's that discussion. I I think I think that the reboot of Friday the Thirteenth is probably the best Friday the Thirteenth. You like the reboot? It's all right. It's good. It's pretty good, and it's it moves quickly, and you get a whole like bunch of eras of Jason in one movie. Yeah, it's not my favorite though. I think my favorite is Part Four, the final chapter, which isn't really the final chapter, but that's okay. I I respect it for what it is, anyways. Oh yeah, it's never um, over. It's Jason. Exactly, and uh, I know it's kind of ironic that I like Part Four, especially picking it on the summer camp show because there isn't very much summer camp in part four at all we are on the same lake we are in a cabin but we don't really see the summer camp the way that we do in one through three that's true what i like about it obviously is Corey feldman yeah because Feldmeister. he's my guy you know he, he probably the best kid actor of all time bold claim maybe true probably I have to say that. And I love the character that he's playing here. You know, Tommy Jarvis, obviously there's many iterations of Tommy Jarvis. This is my favorite because he's a weird little kid who just makes monster masks for some reason. And he lives in his room and it looks like kind of like the kid in creep show, his bedroom, where he's got monster posters all over his wall. True. I love it. I love the vibes of this kid. And I love that he's the reason that Jason gets taken down in the end. 
And I mean, come on. Iconic. He's a little bald boy at the end. Looks like Kid Jason. Kind of comes full circle. It's got a lot of good going on there. The only thing it's missing is uh, Corey Feldman breaking out into Michael Jackson dances. It's the only Crispin thing it's Glover? <laughs> yes. That does happen, technically. In an, yeah, <laughs> I suppose, we yeah. Can, we kind of get that a little bit, you know? Yeah, somewhat, but... Hmm. Yeah, so so you're saying it needed to be Corey Feldman doing the Michael Jackson dancing yeah, and not yeah, Crispin Glover. Could, yeah, if they could swap, that would be fine, but yeah, no, whatever. Right, that's fair. Know. That's fair. All right. I get it. I get it. So what about you? So if you're not a part four, obviously it's not a reboot for you. Are you going to say Freddy versus Jason? Nope. No. That's oh, not my really? favorite Jason. Nope. Not at all. Takes Manhattan. This takes Manhattan. Yeah. And I hesitated because this, there's no camp at all. There is no camp. And there's yeah. barely any there's, Manhattan. There's like a, almost <laughs> no Manhattan. There's a lot of Canada. A lot of Canada. A lot of Canada and a lot of boat. Yeah, we have way too much boat, probably. <laughs> I, mean, I really do like uh, like takes Manhattan though. Yeah, that was part eight, right? Am Is I eight. Have that right? It was no. I'm sorry. Eight. It was V I I I. Right, V I I I. Yeah, because V I I is Jason versus Carrie, basically, is what that is. Pretty much, yeah. But V I I I, that's I mean, it's pretty good. As Jason takes a boat. <laughs> Jason J- takes a boat. Jason on a carnival cruise ship. <laughs> and everybody is puking over the side. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, fuck. Jason takes the ferry. Just <laughs> I guess to speak more broadly on Friday the 13th, I mean, I-, I must sound like a parrot repeating myself, but how many times on the show have I said... I don't want to hear about Friday the 13th at any other point in the year other than the summer. And it makes sense. The whole series is based around a summer camp. We're talking about a summer camp today. That's our whole theme. We're at a summer camp today. How could I not bring up Friday the 13th? This is like I've been leading up to this. This is our infinity war of camp crossover. All right. We had to talk about this. That's true. Uh I guess if I was going to bring up anything else Friday the 13th right now, it would probably be the Nintendo game. You're just the camp counselors walking around. All of a sudden, Mike Tyson Jason comes out and starts fucking punching you and shit. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's... um, I played that quite a bit growing up because I think I've mentioned it before, but my uncle would always sort of cycle through his systems. If he got a new one, it would revert to me so he had that game he had the jaws nes game he had a godzilla nes game but that friday the 13th one is one that i always kept going back to so it's sort of burned into my brain and i just never understood how it worked i just yeah. i don't get it <laughs> i still don't <laughs> it's 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 not a game that you play because it's good it's a game no. that you play because like it's got some interesting 8-bit vibes to it and then obviously it spawned a whole like a whole skin for for Jason that really wasn't even intended to be a thing. A purple yeah, and teal yep. Jason. Mm-hmm. The, if the 2010s had anything, the 2010s were the year of the resurrection of eight bit Jason. Jason. That for sure. That is what the 2010s were for sure. Is just mm-hmm. everybody embracing and putting him up on a pedestal. Oh, for to, sure. To just you know equal all of the other iterations that we've had across all of the different films of Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Forever, forever immortalized in uh, plastic, 
like three different times, actually probably four or five now. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people dress up as them at like different cons just through photos and stuff like that. I've had people come to my house for trick or treat dressed up as a bit Jason. So, well, awesome. NECA just took that ball and they just started rolling with it. When they were putting out those replica masks, oh, yeah. probably yep. 2014 or 15, they put out mm-hmm. an 8-bit Jason variant, which I thought was crazy. So, yeah, that yeah. was just that was something to behold. But, yeah, I mean, aside from that, um, movies, TV show that didn't really even tie into the series at all. I don't I don't understand that one still. Mm-hmm. I don't really get it. But, uh okay. So quickly before I before I stop talking about Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the reason I like the Friday the Thirteenth reboot so much is I really really like the first twenty five minutes of that movie because the first twenty five minutes of Friday the Thirteenth two thousand and nine is like the best Friday the Thirteenth movie, and then we get to do it all over again after twenty five minutes. It's like this condensed little Friday the 13th story where with campers, it's kind of a perfect horror comedy. They find a bunch of weed growing. They're all stoners. They're all having a good time. And then Jason basically does the hits. Like he does what you expect him to do with killing all of these campers. And then he even repeats uh, some, some old kills. Like he picks somebody up, if I'm remembering this correctly, and he slams the sleeping bag uh, against the tree and kills oh, the yeah. person yeah, in the sleeping bag. Yeah, he picks him up in the sleeping bag and just starts fucking beanbagging it against the tree, which was and also redone he... in Jason X. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think he lights it on fire, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the reboot. Anybody who's listening, if you remember better than me, uh, write in, leave a comment on that, because I'm a little foggy on that. But again, what I really like about it is that you get that 20-minute little mini Friday the 13th movie, and then you get a whole Friday the 13th retelling of, like, one through three. It's perfect. It's perfection. It's so good, and Jason is fast, and I like that. I like fast Jason. That's kind of freaky. And he's running around through tunnels underground? Yeah, yeah. Wild. That's pretty freaky. So, yeah, bottom line, we could not have a summer camp show and not talk about Jason. And I kind of want to hear from you guys. So if you're part of the Leftover Pizza Club, just just tell me what your favorite Friday the 13th movie was. Uh, I, and let's get a discussion going because I'm here at, at, at camp and I just want to stay inside. I don't want to be outside anymore. So I'm going to sit on my phone and we're going to talk on Facebook. I gotta get How's the light? Okay. Yeah, for now. But if you don't win, we cut it off. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. Oh, my God. And in the winter, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week. Bill Murray. Meatballs. Really? All right, guys. My last pick of the evening. This one's a slightly older one. I'm assuming most of our listeners, if not all, maybe all of you, you might, none of you might know about this movie. Um, I think they maybe, know. You oh, think they know. you think people know? Oh, I don't know, know, man. Did you know about this movie before I told you about it? Or oh yeah, I knew about. Oh, you knew it. about I it. Just okay, was slow to get around to watching it. But okay, yeah, no, I, I, we, we knew, we, we know, we respect, we stand. Well. If you haven't seen this, you absolutely have to change that, especially now that we're in summer territory. And I'm talking about 1979's Ivan Reitman's directed film, Meatballs, starring Bill Murray. Now, 
I don't know if you knew this, but this is Bill Murray's first lead role in a film ever. I believe it, because I think this was shortly after his uh, tenure over at Saturday Night Live. So this is really the start of his stardom. This is like Rocket leaving the station. He's starting to blast off now. Yeah, absolutely. So we have Bill Murray, who plays this camp counselor, Tripper, the immature head camp counselor at this low-budget summer camp called Camp North Star. It's a place for the nobodies, basically. Like, I mean, it's like your your normal everyday nerds, teenage dropouts, slackers, and like your your normal non-athletic people. Tripper is everything you'd expect from a Bill Murray played role. He plays a bunch of practical jokes on like the camp director, uh, this guy named Morty. At one point, him and these this group of CITs. What is it? Counselor and training? training. Counselor and training. Yeah, Counselor CITs. And training. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, they pick up Morty while he's sleeping in bed. They pick the whole bed up, they strap it to him, and they, like, jimmy him out of the door sideways, and they set him up front where the opening of the campsite is on, like, parent day, whatever, like, where all these people are going to be driving in and out of while he's, like, laying there in his pajamas. Has no idea. I don't understand how that one worked, by the way, because they, like, ratchet strap this guy down to his bed in the middle of the night. And then flip him sideways so he's basically falling off the bed. And then carry him through the woods while Bill Murray is not being subtle or quiet about him barking orders at the guys who are carrying him out front. Oh, no, and then whistling on the way, too. Yeah, the fact that this man didn't wake up, uh, just, you know, heavy sleeper, I guess. But... I, I love Tripper's character. Um, I, right at the beginning, he's hanging out with all the, the male CITs, and he's talking to them about the rules, and they happen upon a garbage can, and he just rips the rules into shreds and throws them in the garbage can, and that's pretty much all you need to know about his character. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about anything. He just kind of is there and, you know, having a good time at this camp with all these dudes. Just guys being dudes. Just know? a bunch of dudes being guys, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this was interesting because it was a first time watch for me and I could totally see how it sort of set up the summer camp tropes that you see in other summer camp movies and specifically for something like wet, hot American summer, you can totally see that this is where wet, hot American summer was pulling all of their material from. And this is what they were making fun of. Basically throughout that whole movie. And it's kind of weird to watch that in reverse, having seen Wet Hot American Summer ever, you know, long before I ever saw this movie. Um, And it almost didn't work for me because of it. Because I, I, see that. I was almost laughing for the wrong reasons because I was almost laughing at, like, the tropes yeah. that like, this oh, movie this probably established. Yeah. No, yeah, I totally exactly. get that. It was like you're laughing at the movie because of what Hot Summer. Exactly, because of what the movie is. Yeah. But not, you know, not. It's 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 impressive that this was kind of the one that set the ball in motion through the '80s and the '90s uh, into the early 2000s. Like, pretty pretty cool that this is the one. Yeah, it's it's like. It's like hearing a cover of a song first, and then going back and actually hearing the original. Hearing the original. That's, that's how it felt. So it was it was cool to actually be like, oh, and everything clicked and the light bulb went off for me. And I was like, oh, so this is what they were all riffing on. That's deep, man. That, that was deep that you yeah. just got into right there. I like that. Yeah. And just to think a couple minutes ago, I was talking about Grimace farting and uh, and, and Hamburglar having guns. You know? <laughs> We've come a long way in this well, episode. Yeah. 
<laughs> but no, seriously, um, this does have a really, really good story in between. I, I really, really enjoy this movie a lot. I always put this movie on. Like right when it's starting to get into the summer vibes, this one immediately comes to mind. So Tripper meets this this new kid, this new young camper who doesn't really fit in with anybody. He's kind of lonely, and he's like the lost puppy dog at the group. His name is Rudy. He kind of comes in, and one of the things that they do first is play soccer, and he just does not get it right off the bat at all. And, I mean, they kind of just tell him, like, you fucking blow, dude. Like, you need to leave. And he does. He packs his shit and, like, decides to go to, like, the closest restaurant that has a greyhound or whatever. They want you to know there's a greyhound there, by the way. There's, like, 29 fucking posters that say, greyhound here, it arrives this time. I'm like, <laughs> wow, never noticed. But Sponsored um, by greyhound. Yeah. So Trip meets him, meets up with him at this, this uh, we'll say, greyhound restaurant. And, you know, <laughs> he kind of talks him into uh, staying around. And, you know, if you need any help, just come get me. And they instantly become really, really good friends. There's a point where they're they're jogging together. I think Tripper is just kind of jogging randomly in the morning before everyone's awake, and Rudy sees him through the window, and he kind of just goes with him and catches up to him. And you see their friendship grow quite a bit in between there. There's a lot of other really good supporting characters in this film, but I think the two that I love the most are Spaz and Larry, the two uh, the nerd duo. Do they they yeah, really do just... it for me? Exactly what you expect them to be. Again, probably this is this is in the era. I think even pre uh, Revenge of the Nerds, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I can't tell you. I can't say for certain. It's got to be very very close though. But like this is sort of laying the groundwork of what everybody thought of as a stereotypical nerd character. And uh, I mean, even even things like Salute Your Shorts, they definitely pull from this movie because those two are the reason in this movie why a pair of underwear get raised on the flagpole. On the flagpole. Absolutely. Just like in Salute Your Shorts where they mm-hmm. pull up a pair of boxers and they put that up on the flagpole. So this movie even has that going for it. But yeah, Larry and Spaz, uh, both obviously virgins and uh, basically the biggest kids is the immature bunch of CITs. They're hilarious. They're I feel like they're always like pigging out on snacks and shit and screwing stuff up with like their clumsiness. There's also a scene and like the, the short scene where the boxers come from. There's a scene where uh, Larry and Spaz are underneath the girls' camp, just kind of like listening to what they're saying and stuff. And they're like, they're saying basically sexy stories and shit like that. And uh, one of the camp members hears them underneath and hears them like clunking around. And they both, the whole camp crew goes out behind them and sees their legs hanging out. And while Spaz runs off, Larry's stuck under there. He's the bigger of the two. And they pull his shorts off and they hang him up on the flagpole. Fat guy jokes. This movie's got him. <laughs> it's, it's got him, yeah. Different times, for sure. If North Star is the, the budget side, the stuck-up side is definitely Camp Mohawk. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's It's got that uh, structure of the 80s ski school movies where it's like, we're the ragtag group of... I, you know, poor kids. I'd hate to say poor kids, but that's kind of right, really right. what it is. And it's like, yeah. now we've got the preppy rich side Lost over boys. here. We, <laughs> yeah, we got to fight off. We, we got to fight each other for mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Oh, yeah. And they're real dickheads, too. Like, right in the beginning of the film where we first meet Spaz, like, before that, we see the kid that has, like, the butler, and he has a nice fancy car. They're dressed up real nice, and the uh, the... 
I don't know. I want to save Butler, but also servant. <laughs> this guy who is obviously the help is putting his his this young kid's golf clubs in into the back of this this trunk in this car, and he's kind of not being gentle with him. Kind of slams him up a bit, and he's like, "Hey, watch it. That's expensive stuff." He's like, "Very good, sir." So yeah, there there you know you can kind of get the idea. Uh, they dump a milkshake, a fucking strawberry milkshake, on Spaz right in the beginning. There, man, really oh, bummed me, me out. Off. Waste of a good milkshake, man. Totally, yep. But there's this whole subplot involving the competition between Northstar and Mohawk, just playing like I want to say practical, not practical jokes, but like oh, dicking with the other side's team, and it's it's pretty good. The the camp itself, I'd like to comment on the camp itself. It seems like a pretty awesome camp for the Northstar side. That's the camp I want to go to. It's the uh, camp that we modeled Camp Pizza after, 100%. Uh, we even got Bill Murray. I don't know how we did it, but he's here. He's here. He's here. He's serving our gruel. Our gruel. There's plenty of it. <laughs> I wish Wendy was here, though. The fucking the older girls from up the street, basically. Yeah. No, nah, they're they're like 75 now. They're, yeah. they're, they're not leaving home. I'm sorry. Sorry to break <laughs> the news to you, but... They're not coming out for you, Grammy. No, not at all. But in the long run, this this film, it really is, it's summer vibes to a T. It's one of my favorite camp movies of all. I mean, they can't all be as good as Ernest Ate's Camp, but this one's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, nothing can be, you know, but hey, that's just the name of the game. I'm sorry. Somebody releases a masterpiece. Everybody else is always going to try to live up to mm. the masterpiece. And if you haven't watched it before and you want to watch it, you can watch it for free on Plex. The downfall is you have to watch 13 minutes of fucking just commercials and and bullshit. Man, I can't believe how many fucking ads come up now. It, it The first one came up, it's like one of nine, two minutes and 59 seconds left. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it doesn't happen like just a few times. It happens like every 10 minutes of the film. Like, I can't take this. I can't take this. It's it's funny that you bring that up because, you, you know, you have my login to my Plex account and you could have watched it with no ads on my Plex Oh, you Plex have the ad-free account. version? All right. Use Derek's uh, uh, yeah. Plex account to watch this so you don't have any ads. Attention. Bus for the Camp Mohawk basketball game leaving in 15 minutes. And there is a very fat pair of pants hanging on the flagpole this morning. All right, Grammy. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our first episode from camp pizza what do you say absolutely this was a fun one this was uh, it was a challenge to say the least but also a fun challenge yeah we had some good times we shared some laughs uh if if nothing else this episode taught me that i am ready for the summer and i am ready for the good times grimy (laughs) what about you Oh, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready for the summer, for sure. This is, I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, the past summers, we did stuff over at uh, It's Dem Boys. We did the the survival guide, and I, I'm kind of liking the shift from that into Camp Pizza. I think this is this is a kind of a really cool theme, and I think you're going to enjoy it, too. Uh, stay tuned for this month's bonus episode. I think you're really, really going to enjoy that. I'm pumped for it already. Can't wait to, to knock this one out of the park. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, make sure that you check it out over on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash leftover pizza podcast. We'll be buzz buzzing over there on this month's bonus show, like Grimey said. And if you uh, if you liked this, there's a lot more in store for you because we're not leaving Camp Pizza for the entirety of the summer. So 
We're going to be recording all of our episodes from Camp Pizza, and we hope that you join along with us. Absolutely. So be there or be triangular. Oh, oh, I get it. I get get it. it. You get it. Hey, if you guys want to feel like you're actually part of the camp and uh, take the trip with us, you can hit up leftoverpizzaclub.com and check out our shop right now. We actually do have an exclusive camp pizza tee that uh, oh, we're yeah. going to be wearing all summer while we're climbing ropes and rowing canoes and uh, tweeting from our air-conditioned glamp, <laughs> glamp stations. So, you know, Glamping. but, you know, if you want one. You can get one and pretend like you're doing everything that we're doing, too. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I, I don't mean to toot our own horns, but toot toot. They're fucking dope, dude. <laughs> they're good. I really good. like them. I think they're you'll like shirts. them, too. So, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Definitely check that out. Speaking of checking things out, check us out over at Facebook, Leftover Pizza. That's our official page over on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook... The Leftover Pizza Club on Facebook. Uh, you join there, you get yourself a nice little welcome letter and a free sticker. It's really, really sick. You don't want to miss out on that. Yeah, we have a lot of good discussions over there. And I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of uh, summer-related things over in the group. So make sure you definitely join over there. And while we're at it, if we're talking about socials, you're going to want to follow over on the Instagram page at leftover pizza podcast because grimy takes a lot of beautiful photos and i'm sure this summer here at camp he's going to be taking some camp related pictures that you're just oh yeah you're not going to want to miss your your eyeballs will thank you for joining us over on instagram and while we're at it talking about socials i will be tweeting all day every day about how i miss ac and i hate bugs on the twitter and you can find us there at at leftover pizza club that's l-f-t-o-v-r pizza club and i promise you it's a good time absolutely whether you like books of faces you like tweeting boids or if you like uh grams that are instant uh, you got all your choices here choose one choose all of them whatever but the one thing you should definitely do subscribe and leave us a rating because we love that yes. shit 100 percent rate and review we haven't seen any new reviews lately uh and they do help so, you know, toss us a little uh, star rating, one through five, depends on how you're feeling and uh, if we've been doing a good job or not. And a couple supportive words are also nice, kind of keeps us going and keeps us chugging along. So absolutely, all of that and a bag of chips and we love you. And I'm going to go throw some weenies out on the campfire because it's getting dark. It is a little dark out here. I'm getting cold. I should probably start the fire. Up. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm out. See you next time. We'll catch you in the next one. I'm going to go put on some bug spray. I'm getting fucking eaten alive out here. Oh, yeah, me too. Damn bugs. Ow. Mosquitoes. All right. Catch you in the next one. Smoke and drink and fool around. We're lucky We're gonna smoke and drink and fool around